Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Superman from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Say, gang, here's an adventure that's so fantastic you'd hardly believe it's really true. It's the story of one young Marine who all by himself survived three whole weeks of fighting in the jungles of Guadalcanal. He'd gotten lost from his platoon one morning and was hiding in the grass. Hey, fellas, where are you? Hey! I wonder where they could have gone. Maybe up this trail. Holy smoke, a gang of Japs. I can't get around them. Gee, I wonder what I... Say, I bet this trick will work. Come on, fellas. Let's get him. Yes, sir, that Marine stampeded a large group of Japs by pretending he was a whole platoon. Then he went on through the jungle. And at last, one rainy night... Gee, lights ahead. I must have hit a camp. I sure wish I could tell whose it is. I'll, I'll crawl a little closer. Why, say, that looks like my own gang. Hey, Sam! Yo, hey, fellas, it's me! Hey, here I am! Yes, sir, after three weeks fighting the jungle and the Japs, that Marine got back to camp safely. Now, I don't have to tell any of you how much endurance that Marine had to have in order to come through his ordeal as well as he did. So I'll just point out something that all of you will be mighty glad to know. None of you can expect to have plenty of zip and energy unless you eat right, which includes getting all your vitamins. And I know hundreds of fellas and girls are starting to get two mighty important vitamins, B1 and D, in a mighty grand-tasting way. It's by sitting down to a big bowl full of delicious Kellogg's Pep for breakfast every morning. And believe you me, anybody who's had a taste of those swell, super crisp golden flakes can tell you what downright good-eating Pep is. So ask your mother to get you a package of Kellogg's Pep tomorrow. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, is now pitted against the master criminal of his time, a nefarious underworld character who calls himself the Vulture. The Vulture, as you remember, has in his possession the model of the almost human mechanical man invented by Dr. Cameron. In our last episode, we heard how the Vulture carried out what he called an experiment in horror. After holding a conversation with Jimmy Olsen, Daily Planet copy boy, whom he's holding prisoner, the Vulture made a phonograph recording of Jimmy's answers and sent it to Editor White and Clark Kent. The record made it appear as if the Vulture were harming Jimmy, although actually, as we know, Jimmy has been well cared for. As our last episode ended, Clark Kent suddenly realized the record gave him just the clue he was looking for, and as Superman set out to track it down. As our story continues now, Superman and his guise of Clark Kent arrives at the Worldwide Recording Company. I'd like to see the manager, please. Is he expecting you, sir? No, but I must see him at once. This is a matter of great importance. One minute, please. I'll find out if... I'm sorry, I can't wait. And further in line to the 28th, I wish to state that... 
What the devil? What's the meaning of this? How dare you break in on me like this? I sir? apologize for intruding what? like this, but I've got some business with you, and it's got to be done fast. Well, I'm afraid you'll have to wait until I can't wait. It's a matter of life and death. Life and death? That's right. I'm assisting the police in tracking down a dangerous criminal, and you... Uh, how do I know you represent the police? Well, you have to take my word for it. You sell machines for making records at home, don't you? Yes. Well, they haven't been very successful. Not many people have bought them. Well, that narrows my search. I want a list of the people who bought those machines. Well, that ought to be simple. We've only sold three or four of them, actually. They're very expensive, you know. I've got to know the names of the people who bought those machines at once. Now, please hurry. One moment. I think we can accommodate you. Thank you. Would you mind telling me why you need these names? Well, now, there's hardly time for that. I see. Are you right, sir? Uh, yes. Get from the files the name of all customers who have bought model X4793, I believe. The home recording outfit. Well, I'm afraid that's impossible, what? sir. What do you mean? Well, that's ridiculous. Why is it impossible? Well, have you forgotten, sir? All those files were destroyed in the fire we had here six weeks ago. Great Scott, of course. I'd completely forgotten that. Well, haven't you duplicate files? I've got to get the names of those customers. I've just got to. I'm afraid we can't help you, sir. All our files were completely destroyed. Put me in a fine spot. But isn't there any way you can trace this criminal you speak of? No, I don't see how. You see, he sent us a recording with a special message on it, a recording made on one of your machines. Yeah. If you have no record of the people who have bought these machines, I don't see what I... Unless... Unless what? There's just one way I can think of. It's my only chance, in fact. But it's got to work. It's got to... As Kent prepares to follow a last desperate course of action... Another scene is taking place in the hideout of the Vulture. We join him now in the sumptuous study where he is seated across the table from Jimmy Olsen. On the table is a portable record player, and the Vulture has just finished playing a copy of the record he sent to Kent and Perry White. Listen. You you mean you sent that record to Mr. Kent and Mr. White? Yes, my boy. I consider it rather ingenious of me to have thought of tricking you into playing that scene for me. But, but you made it sound as if you'd been torturing me. Exactly. That is how I planned it. My idea was to inflict great mental torture on your friends as revenge for their hounding me and, uh, incidentally, to demonstrate that I am best left alone. I'd rather you kill me than do a thing like this. Oh, really? Well, it may interest you to know, young man, that your wish is about to be granted. You're trying to bluff me. You wouldn't dare. Wouldn't I? But Why? Why kill me? Why don't you just let me go? So you can go back to your friends and let them know you're all right? Oh, no, that would spoil everything. Now, wait a minute, Vulture. This is different from the other crimes you've committed. You're taking a chance. It's very clever of you to stall for time like this. It will do you no good. I'm tired of this playing cat and mouse. But I warn you. Wait a minute. What are you tying me in this chair for? Because the mechanical man is going to do this job for me, it is necessary for you to remain perfectly motionless. I doubt if you'll do that under the circumstances if you're not tied in. There. That'll do for your arms. Now, these ropes around your body. If you're going to kill me, why go to all this trouble? Why not... I have a sort of mania for doing things in an unusual fashion. There, I think that will do. You can't move, can you? I'm warning you, Vulture. You're sticking your neck way out. Your concern for my neck is very, very amusing. Now, to get that rifle down off the wall from over the fireplace. I believe it's loaded. Yes. And now to stand it on the desk so that it is pointing straight across at you, and the mechanical man will fire it for me. You're crazy, I tell you. When that rifle goes off, it'll be heard out on the street. Oh, no, it won't. This is a soundproof room, especially constructed with double windows. I'm warning you again. 
You see, whenever I've been in danger, my friend Superman has always managed to arrive in the nick of time. And he will this time, too. I hope. Well, if your friend Superman is going to help you, he'd better hurry. Now then, all is ready. The gun is pointed straight at you. The mechanical man is standing at the end of the table. I shall take this control panel into the next room with me. From there, I shall order him to walk across the table and pull the trigger. You rat! <laughs> You'll pay for this. We shall see. Goodbye, young Olsen. Golly, if only Superman would show up. How can he know about this? I'm afraid I can't count on him this time. I'd try to get out of these ropes if I can't. No, it won't work. Tied me to this chair plenty tight. I can't budge. I guess I'm a goner. Holy smoke. The eyes of the mechanical man are lit up. That means he's ready to work. He, he's starting to walk. Straight across the table to, toward the gun. Oh, I've got to get out of this chair. I, I just got to. I can only throw my body around and, and move the chair. No. It's too heavy. Can't budge it. Getting closer to that rifle. Superman. If he's going to help me, he better do it quick. He's never failed me before, but... Mechanical man has stopped. He's standing right next to the trigger of that rifle. He's leaning down toward the trigger. His, his hand is moving toward it. He's going to pull it. Just in time, I think, Jimmy. Superman. Oh, I knew it. I knew you'd save me. Oh, God. Well, it was close for comfort, Jim. Thank heaven I made it in time to catch that bullet. Here, let me get those ropes off you. How in the world did you find me? Well, your friend Clark Kent traced you here by means of that record the vulture sent him. He went to the company that makes home recording machines. Wait a minute now. There, your arms are free. Oh. But the files had been burned out. Well, how did he manage then? Well, his only remaining chance was to get in touch with a man who repairs such machines. He did, and as luck would have it, the man had repaired this one. Now, wait a minute. Gonna have you out of this. There we are. Oh, golly. Sure is good to stand up and... That door. The vault is coming back. So far as I'm concerned, that's just perfect. Where, where did you come you from? You filthy swine. Look out. The table. The mechanical man. It smashed a bit. Let me see. Quick. Hmm. Yes, that's too bad. Afraid it's smashed beyond repair. And the parts can't be replaced. Well, Jim, that's the end of the mechanical man, I'm afraid. I can't say I'm sorry. What do you mean? A mechanical man such as this is a powerful instrument. And as you've seen, Jim, the danger of this invention being used for evil purposes has been ever-present. Well, that danger's removed now. It'll never be used for evil again. And I'm glad. I guess you're right. Anyway, you've saved my life and captured the vulture. Yes, Jim, the vulture's our prisoner once again. And there's one thing this time that we've got to be sure of. What's that? We've got to make sure the vulture never escapes again. And so ended the adventure of the mechanical man. But that certainly didn't mean the end of adventures for Superman because at five o'clock the following morning, Clark Kent was roused from bed by the sound of a telephone ringing. Uh, hello? Uh, Chief, that you? What in the world are you calling me at this hour for? Well, it's just five o'clock in the morning. Well, yes, but... Wait a minute. 
Get down to the office right away. Well, what on earth for? You pack bags with clothes for sub-zero weather? Well, now, yes, of course I'll be right down. But, Chief, what's this all about? What's up and where am I going? Hello? Hello? Hung up. Well, I better pack and get right down to the Daily Planet. I wonder what trouble we've got ourselves into now. Puzzled by Perry White's strange phone call, but sure a new adventure is beginning, Kent hurriedly packs warm clothing and rushes down to the Daily Planet office, his mind a whirl with unanswered questions. In just a moment, we'll return to the adventures of Superman. But right now, here is another important message. Say, gang, I've told you how golden and tempting Kellogg's Pep looks and how crisp and crunchy and flavorsome Pep tastes. But the other day I got to thinking that I'd never told you why Pep is such a super breakfast cereal. So I found out from the Kellogg Company how Pep is made, and I can hardly wait to pass the story along to you. You see, in the first place, the Kellogg people choose only extra-choice parts of sun-ripened wheat, so as to be sure you get every bit of that grand, flavorsome goodness. And then they carefully toast Pep till it comes out a lovely, tempting golden brown and so wonderfully light and crisp you can hardly wait to pour on the milk and go to it. So be sure your mother gets you a package of Kellogg's Pep tomorrow. And remember... Pep, Pep, get in step. Make your cereal Kellogg's Pep. And now back to Superman. What is the meaning of Editor White's early morning call for Ken to report for work at once? And why did Mr. White specify that Kent packed clothes for sub-zero weather? There's a new and very exciting adventure beginning for Superman tomorrow, so don't fail to tune in. And be with us every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, for the thrilling Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual.